headphones. Oh, yeah, you could use those. They're kind of shitty, but you, you're going to be fine. All right. You're going to be fine. Right? Is it good? Cool. Yeah. All right. Oh, hi. I'm Sadwater, and this is Sadcast episode 65 with my very special guest, Rukka Rukka Ali. Yeah. He's here. I am. Taking a selfie, I think. Gotta gotta do this to start every podcast. Is it for the... Oh, it is for the thing on Instagram. (laughs) Um, Cool. You're here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Put my phone away now. No, no, you're good. It's kind of like when you go on a date with someone and you know it's immediately bad when she... uh, It's on her phone. On her phone. Yeah. That's a big red flag. You're assuming I date women now? What is this? I am assuming that. We're off to a great start. I just... That's, I think... I think you have to judge a book by its cover, huh. and you have to assume. So I'm not cool enough to be gay now because I got the 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 graphic T-shirt and the. I mean, we both live in West Hollywood. You could be gay. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's cut that out of the podcast, shall we? The where we live exactly. It sounds a little bit like looking oh. for trouble. Can we do that? Can we cut that out? Yeah, we can. All right, just like bleep over it. You don't. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no. Now then, then it's like <laughs> just change it to like Silver Lake. We both live in Silver Lake. There's I'll plenty of gay people. That. So, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Want to just start over? We want to just start over? Should we just start over? Are what you if- serious? No, no. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, you, you, it's your show. You know what? I just met you, so I can't mm-hmm. even tell your your sense of humor. No one could ever tell when I'm serious or not. Yeah, that's. I think that might be a good thing, though. Yeah. It's, but if you really want me to bleep out the West Hollywood thing, I mean the Silver Lake yeah. thing. I, I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll later. talk about it after. It's no right. big deal. We're gonna say worse things. Yeah. But like so 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 yeah, that I was gonna say the whole thing about dating and phone or whatever, but but you just reminded me of a tweet I did last week where um I literally put my tickets to the Joker movie mm-hmm. with with the time and the address and everything. Oh. And I said, Please don't shoot up this t- <laughs> this yeah. showtime. My girlfriend got mad at me. Yeah. Yeah. I can sort of understand. I guess so, but I told her I was going to protect her if anything happened. I would shield her. Mm-hmm. And uh, So you I kind of asserted yourself, uh, kind of mansplained her off the ledge saying, don't worry. She didn't believe me, though. She didn't so believe I didn't, you. Yeah. I went and saw Joker twice. 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 So very, uh, to kind of, a, I, like, I like living dangerous, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first time you saw it might have been the most dangerous. Yeah. It was like the day. It was the opening day. day. It was Friday. So obviously you saw it twice, so you liked it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I did too. I want to see it again. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go. You, since we're uh, doxing each other, you live right by the movie theater. <laughs> yeah, by the AMC Sunset 5. The on 8,000 uh, Sunset. 8,000 Sunset. It's, yeah. it's uh, Crescent and Sunset. Yeah. It's right there. Well, you live behind like four gates and an and a armed security guard, so you can dox yourself all day. Not have, all of us have that. And, and then I have you, that shotgun. You seem to have a musket from the Revolutionary War. <laughs> That's a shotgun from now, don't listen. Don't listen to them, terrorists. Just come on out here. And then I have a... Oh, actually, I left a few guns in a lot. I was in Alaska uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, and I had to leave a couple guns behind. It must have been very painful. It well, it, yeah. Our friend has to uh, mail them back to us, and he's the biggest stoner. Mm-hmm. And I say that with all due respect. So he he, it's gonna take forever for him to send it back to us. Yeah. So I'm sad. I didn't know you could mail guns in the mail, but I guess I think there's ways. Yeah, there's ways. I mean, we took them. With us to the airport, and we went to the t- we checked in with the lady in the front, and then she said, "Okay, uh, show the TSA guy." It was no big deal. You like took I didn't on, not on the plane though. No, 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 no. We checked it in in, yeah. in a locked case, but I didn't realize how easy it was to travel with guns. 
but you gotta like check it in the luggage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, not, okay. I'm not talking about like hiding. Yeah, no, because she said show it to the TSA guy. Why didn't she just take it from you and send it? Because he has to. There's like he has to know. There's stupid regulations mm-hmm. that they have to. I'm not a big regulation guy, but maybe <laughs> this one is like. No, 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 no. I mean, like, like, uh, for, like a stupid example is the bullets have to be in the original bullet mm-hmm. uh, box it comes in. Yeah. So like if 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 you lost the box and you just put it in a different box, it's that's wrong. You're not allowed to do that. I yeah. don't I don't understand that. They have their reasons, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand that. Uh, you know, they have their reasons. Yeah, but yes, the Joker. Yeah, what I, a uh, good movie. I I thought that you know no spoilers, but I thought that the slow burn was awesome. The payoff in the end was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was amazing. Yeah. I like how you'll give away where you live, but you don't want to spoil the Joker for anyone. I'm I'm a gentleman. Very nice. You know? Yeah. It was really good. So the Joker, to me, it shows... Um, it, Gotham is... I, it seems like it's loosely based on New York City. Like, it's a very advanced uh, city. It's very modern in terms of, like, modern policy, the culture. You know, uh, New York and, I guess, Gotham are, like, the best and worst of the modern world, the way I see it. Like, um, obviously, a lot of industry and all of that, which is good. But um, you got, like, the advanced mixed economy, meaning a mixture of government controls and freedom. You got regulations. You got pressure groups. Everyone's part of a community. Politicians are all speaking what they're going to do for this community, for that community. New York is such a tribal culture everyone's greek or italian or puerto rican or this or that or part of a union i mean it's like the rest of the country but like condensed into one city on steroids and seeing this uh this this hap you know this manifest in the movie and this uh nerdy confused maladjusted character unsure of himself not sure what to do you see like the effect that the mixed economy that the lobby system has on the individual. Uh, he does, he's not empowered philosophically. He doesn't know what to do with himself. Uh, he's treated like, like, like a, like a weirdo, like the enemy, nobody, nobody, uh, nobody anywhere. There's no influence around him telling him to live the life that he wants. So there's a lot I could say, obviously I yeah. already did. And he, he grew up without a father and he was abused. And I mean, yeah. so was, yeah, was he actually born insane, or was he nurtured that? Like, was was it you know? I think a lot of people tr- th- a lot of people think that it's all a chemical imbalance, but I I am pretty radically uh, for the blank slate. I think philosophy is really what shapes a person. So the difference between Steve Jobs versus his ISIS participating relatives in Syria, they're genetically probably about the same, but philosophically, one is entrenched in uh, in entrepreneurship and invention and wanting to perfect the world around him. And, of course, the, the you know, the ISIS member is entrepreneurial when it comes to terrorism. You know, you got to give that to ISIS. They're pretty innovative. They, yeah. they kind of took it to the next level. I remember when al-Qaeda condemned them and said, we don't stand with extreme. ISIS. They're too extreme. <laughs> yeah. All right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't know I was going to be on al-Qaeda's side, but, yeah. you know, do they even still exist? I don't know. I heard Trump isn't wants to ha- meet with the Taliban in the White House. Uh, so yeah, that was like a, that was like a month ago, and then he canceled. I yeah, I guess he was busy. I, I like how you just can't predict where he's gonna go. You can't predict anything. And that's why people are so mad at him. I mean, mm-hmm. because obviously other things, but yeah. Um, but yeah. So so, 
that movie though do you do you think it had a political message sort of i know the director has directed comedies like the hangover and he i think he even said he he didn't want to do a comedy because of how woke culture kind of ruined comedy and this movie it's like about a stand-up comedian who dreams of being a comedian and becomes a deranged psychotic comedian with a with with a weapon um it had a bit of a political message. I know a lot of people were upset that it sympathizes with the white male and all that, but yeah. I'm just looking further. I, I, I see it as very political, whether they intended it or not. It's showing how uh, there's freedom, there's individualism, and then there's everything else. And when you, get, when you have a lobby system in place, when you have socialism for the very poor and the very rich and that everyone in between is basically trying to either find their niche in this semi-free economy or else find some uh, pressure group to join. Uh, you get people who are both unsure of themselves practically, but also psychologically. They, don't, they can't really predict the, the effects of their actions. They can't, they can't, uh, they can't predict, you know, they can't uh, predict causality, and we need causality. We need to know the consequences of our actions in order to live in this world. Right. I, I kind of like how it was a little ambiguous. It didn't really hit you over the head with a certain political point of view. Because And, and the, the reason why I think that's the case is because both sides have claimed it as their own mm -hmm. or have said something against the other side. Meaning, uh, with which two sides are you talking like about? Like just conservatives and liberals. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's more than two sides, but those are the two. Yeah, well, they're superficial opposites. They, they both agree with, with each other on fundamentals. It's just that they're not exactly on the same page of, you know, they're both anti-individualistic. They both are anti-capitalist when, when the day is done. So that's the way I see it. Yeah. 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 I, I just think, uh, for instance, for, for myself politically, like I'll just to simplify things, I'm, I'll say I'm a conservative or independent conservative or whatever, just mm -hmm. because, but I'm not like a Republican or I used to consider myself libertarian, but you know, I think I grew up a little bit more. And did then Trump? I, did Trump make you a bit more of a nationalist? Well, I don't think Trump really has an ideology. No, but he's a nationalist. He's kind of like the post-ideological president. He just says, "All right, forget all these principles, forget ideology. Let's just be a country. Let's just be a family, and I'm going to lead this." I mean, again, I don't really think he really believes that. I do like that idea, but I don't really think like I. I don't think he really believes in anything. And no, he doesn't. He's kind of like the Joker. You know, that's wow. It's, I mean, I mean, I, people have been saying that for years, but you saying it just now made me go, "Oh shit!" Yeah. No, because jo joke, the Joker literally said, "Sorry for the spoiler." He literally said that. I don't believe in anything he said. Yeah. So, um, the I mean, look, the reason why I like Trump is not for any political reason. It's mm -hmm. because he like he's exposed the media for being uh, fraudulent. He's exposed the hypocrisies on pretty much both sides. Like even even this week. Mm -hmm. uh the the he's ex he's exposed the neocons again like you know we we kind of forgot how bad they were but during bush they sucked and now people seem to be okay with bush uh like ellen degeneres was with bush yesterday at a football game and people were like oh you see that's good because that's bringing both sides together but is it really i mean like you said they're both the neoliberal neoliberals and neoconservatives are pretty much both the same yeah but I mean, but what is Trump offering? He's not offering anything positive. He's not offering a, a coherent foreign policy himself. He's just like you said, he's pointing out what's wrong with everyone else. Well, I mean, sometimes he he 
does things like he wants to get out of Syria and he's on we're on our way to mm-hmm. do that unless someone stops him or you know yeah changes no, his I, mind I'll, in the last I'll minute. give and him I'm that all, and yeah. I'm all for that mm-hmm. you know so uh he the, the outcome of Trump is what's interesting to me yeah more than Trump the person like listening to an interview with him is not so interesting to me as much as the the outrage of both sides or the media yeah and uh like one of the reasons why i really liked that he won was because up until very recently i was convinced that everything was predetermined i'm like hillary's gonna win it's predetermined it's just that's what it is but now he's exposed that the people who supposedly have the power don't really have the power it's it's all like a smoke screen or it's 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 just like a it's if we all believe that they do then they do but now I don't think they really do. No, I mean, it, same with Obama. People thought, like, finally an outsider is getting in, and then guess what? He gets into I power. I never believe that. Well, I mean, he wasn't the one who was supposed to win. It was supposed to be Hillary back then that got the nomination. It was her turn. And this outsider, this this political vir- virgin from Chicago, got popular and yeah. became president. So, I mean— but then what? People think, they always think, oh, finally, we'll get an outsider. In, in, at Clinton, at one point, was an outsider. He was a governor from Arkansas. Can you tell me who the governor of Arkansas is today? Nobody cares. No. So, I mean, people, everyone once upon a time, unless their last name is uh, um, Washington or Jefferson, you know, unless their family traces back to the, the Mayflower, most people are outsiders once upon a time, and they go into politics, and they're going to shake things up, and they're going to uh, drain the swamp, but... The, the nature of the lobby system, the nature of the modern political system is that it's you're, you're suppo- your job is to pick winners and losers. Your job is not to protect anybody's rights. Your job is to pr- pick winners and losers. So they necessarily need to do that. That's the system we ask for today. That's the system we want. We don't want liberty anymore. We meaning the culture, not myself. Right. But, but again, that's why uh, what's more interesting than politics for me is the culture so for instance like the joker thing is a big cultural event that happened Mm -hmm. and people on on every side of the political spectrum have have a say in it like they this is like a huge debate right now uh and what's the meaning of it and like is it dangerous and all these all these things that and i think that that is more impactful than whatever trump said this week or whatever's happening with the impeachment thing like yeah. This is going to have a longer lasting impact on the culture as a whole than anything yep. that's happening in Washington. So that's why it's it's all kind of tied together. In my opinion, it's all interesting. So rather than like, look, I used to love debating on policy, but it's a losing battle. I pay attention to it because, again, politics to me is philosophical. I mean, if if you kind of just look at the the where it stems from and 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 like what's the meaning and like what's the meaning of government and like, for instance, is is uh is uh, healthcare a human right i say no and but that can be like a philosophical a philosophical conversation you have with someone who believes it is but that's all kind of been thrown out the window none of that matters anymore but the specifics of policy no one's even capable of having that conversation anymore so it's really the the shifts in culture and and again trump kind of is a part of that I think in a big way. Yeah. Well, politics is the final stage of the game. It's it's culture that shapes politics, and culture is shaped in turn by philosophy. So art, like movies, art, like the Joker, 
yeah, it shapes the culture. It, it in turn is influenced by the culture. The culture produced it. The culture is watching it. And, yeah, and I yeah. think the culture produced Trump. Yeah, absolutely. He's the Frankenstein monster. Yeah, like mm-hmm. he wouldn't have existed if, if Romney won in 2012. Like he just wouldn't have been a thing. It's there's a good re- ch- chance that you're right. I don't know specifically about, you know, Romney in 2012, but definitely Trump uh, is he sort of like uh, I guess he represents kind of like the disaffected every man who feels like nobody is representing him like the Joker. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, they 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 I mean, what's interesting. Spoilers skip 30 seconds. Uh, they um, the mob in the movie created a meaning behind him, even though there was none. There was no ideology to him, but they created it. To what? Like, to revolt. Wait, say that again. Okay, like the mob in the movie, the Antifa mm-hmm. in the movie or whatever. Oh, you they- see them as Antifa. I see them as um, Occupy Wall Street, which... Yeah, actually, you're, that's probably mm-hmm. more correct. Yeah. Uh, I just haven't... Not, not that the two are, are, are so different and mutually exclusive. I see Antifa and, like, modern, uh, alt-right, whatever, uh, like fascist whatever whoever as small as they may be but those guys and uh, and antifa both stemming alt once upon a time from occupy wall street but anyway it's it's a a horseshoe effect Mm -hmm. i mean like there's they're actually end up being pretty close to each other i I don't see it as a horseshoe i see them as coming from the same common ancestor like evolution they're like philosophically they trace back to the same place but your your point about the clowns well well, Mm -hmm. so in the movie i found it interesting that the media was kind of uh so when he defended himself in the subway, mm-hmm. he uh, he just did it out of self-defense. There was no—he didn't kill them because they were bros from Wall Street. Right. Right? But the media said, oh, there was three bros from Wall Street. They there was a guy in a kill, clown costume. Kill the rich, it became. Right. Mm-hmm. They created the narrative, and then the people kind of took it as their new movement. Mm-hmm. And it didn't stem from—I mean, he, he didn't— they pro- like so that. they they right they projected this ideology onto the Joker uh, before he was the Joker and they right. said oh it's the, it's the disaffected underclass right. the underdog the forgotten man is now fighting back and saying kill the rich uh, I mean and we do see that I mean we see that happening um, political motives philosophical motives projected onto people but you know why is it I mean it's worth asking so why is it that capitalism is always to blame like people say oh it's he killed them because they're they're wall street it, it, capitalism has brought us to this place i think i think i think capitalism is something very very abstract in people's minds it's very hard for them to imagine what it really is that's why they say it's like the invisible hand mm-hmm. there's nothing like they can't comprehend what it actually is there's so so to them it's like uh it's easy for them to attack it, I think, because they just, it, it you know, you can't picture it. Like, I agree with, uh, to an extent, I agree. Um, they hate, especially Wall Street, the finance sector. They, they hate it because it's, it's so intellectual. It's like you got these people dealing with numbers. They're dealing with abstractions, and they have an expensive suit and a, be- and a million dollars in the bank, but they're just dealing with numbers, and I'm actually laying bricks over here. I'm actually flipping burgers here in concrete reality and i'm only making minimum wage but these guys are rich and they're just throwing numbers around so uh it's the hatred of of the bankers is hatred really of the intellect because you need to think intellectually to understand what it is they're actually doing what they're doing is making all of the other jobs possible by loaning out money by investing etc um so yeah it is um hatred of the intellect 
anti-capitalism. It's hatred of the intellect, which is really hatred of individualism. It's hatred of independent, rational observation. I notice you have a, I'm looking at your book, books, and I see you've got Equal is Unfair over there. Uh, have you read that? I can't remember. That came out like oh. four years ago. It was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually I, think I read like a little bit of. I I move around from books mm -hmm. like, and then I get back to them. Like that's the pile. On, like I finish down there, and then I yeah. have some there, and then I'm more than halfway through this. Like yeah, it's uh, this is like Wim Hof. I don't know who that is. He's he's some guy who knows how to control his breathing, and he oh. climbed Mount Everest with just shorts on and shoes. Jesus. Yeah, he did Kilimanjaro in two days. What's that? Mount Mount Kilimanjaro, the biggest, the tallest mountain in Africa, I think, like wow. eighteen thousand or seventeen thousand feet. I mean, Africa is big, so I imagine there's some, a lot of mountains. Like the, yeah. the, the tallest mountain there would it be at least like our our mountains here. At it's, least it's like seventeen or eighteen thousand feet. It's, that sounds high. I don't it's know. Very very. Yeah. I'm not a big like mountain expert. But yeah, I'll, okay. I'll be honest. Equal is unfair. So but... equal is unfair. I actually haven't read, but like I know. You want to borrow it? Another time, I might I might actually have a copy of it, but the authors, you know, they're um, they're representing objectivism, Ayn Rand's philosophy. So I know yeah, I yeah, I you know mentioned him uh, right mm -hmm. in on when you were on Dave Rubin's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned Ayn Rand more even more than Euron Brook. Um, so I mean, I know the philosophy that they're uh, they're talking about in that book well enough that I don't I don't even need to read that book to kind of right to to talk about. So uh, egalitarianism is the cultural norm today, like in the universities, in the culture, in, the, in politics. People are talking about, oh, this inequality needs to be addressed. There's inequality. What's Bernie Sanders talking about? Inequality. To an extent, you get that from Trump as well. He's saying, oh, like we need to, um, you know, stop letting these companies take advantage of the working man. Um, but, yeah, but certainly on, uh, in the Democrat Party, they're talking about inequality a lot, inequality. And when you talk to people, when you uh, try to defend capitalism, what do they say? They say, oh, it, look at all the inequality. The, 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 the top 1% have, you know, 90% of the wealth or some kind of thing like that. Yeah. My response is, so what? <laughs> right. Well, how does that affect, like, why does that, how does that affect you or me that it just inherently not right for in their mind that it's that it's unequal and and i think in that book they probably trace that back to the philosophic root which ultimately is again like i said a rejection of individualism which is a rejection of reason yeah uh my response to the whole inequality thing because people can throw their stats and they can mm -hmm. you know remember all everything everything why you're wrong about whatever it doesn't matter it doesn't exist in nature is my point. There's mm -hmm. no equality isn't a thing. It's a thing that we've kind of invented recently as propaganda. It's pro it's pure propaganda. Mm -hmm. Why is someone smarter than me? Why is someone prettier than me? Why is someone better at basketball than me? Why is I mean because they're they just they're they just are and that's how it is. Either because they were born a certain way or because they put in the work or a mixture Both. a mixture yeah. of the two or whatever it is. So what's behind this egalitarianism is nihilism. It's hatred of values. It's wanting to it's not they're not about trying to raise the poor. They're not out here saying, let's help the poor out. They really want to punish the rich, you know? Yeah. And then they 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 they, they disguise it as it helps the poor eventually. Yeah. But in reality, it doesn't, because like, for instance, you raise the minimum wage, then then they bring in automation. Like, of course. It doesn't. So all, the, all those jobs are lost. Mm -hmm. uh, they 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 never talk about the, the unintended consequences. And there's so many examples of that. But you were talking about you know with that comes nihilism you're it, in a your your philosophy is you're an objectivist right yeah 
which f can you explain that to people for for if they don't know what that sure. is? Sure, objectivism is Ayn Rand's philosophy. She wrote The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged. Those are two novels that embody a, a much of her philosophy, and she's written a lot of nonfiction uh, to further expand her philosophy. Uh, it basically says um, existence is what it is. It's not the product of your consciousness. You're not creating it by observing it. You're not deciding what the world is. The world is what it is. You are what you are. Your consciousness has a particular nature as well. The way you interact with the world has a definite nature. And observation and uh, reason is the way to interact with the world. It's the way to gain knowledge. It is the way to live. And it is a faculty of the individual. Only an individual can reason, not a group. You can't do it through your feelings, your impulses. You need to do it using your senses and then abstracting and organizing your data using reason. Yeah, and, and, and then you say that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. that morality doesn't have to come through religion. That It, it, it shouldn't come from religion. It can't, I mean, a... A, a morality can come from religion, and it, it it might not be the very worst religion, but I mean the worst morality. But the the proper morality for a human being living on Earth is a rational one, and a rationally selfish one. So, um, just like you need to observe the world independently, you need to live independently. You, you need to observe uh, selfishly with with the desire to gain knowledge, so that you can survive, so that you can attain happiness. And that's the proper thing to do. That's the proper course of action. Remember, altruism, it, it doesn't come from reason. Altruism does not come from any, um, it's not backed up by any fact. It's just in our culture through the history of religion, through the history of irrational philosophers and thinkers. Um, so Ayn Rand rejects altruism altogether. And she says the proper moral code for living on earth is rational egoism. Long term, looking at the life that you have and asking, what do I want to do with this life? How, what is the best way to maximize happiness, my, maximize my chances at attaining happiness? Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense to me. Look, I am not a religious... I'm a, I think you're a Jew. I'm a Jew, too. I'm a Jew, homie. We gonna die. <laughs> get the keys to the right. Sorry. Everything reminds me of a song. I'm like a jukebox, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I... Uh, I, I'm not a religious person. I haven't, like, tomorrow's Yom Kippur, I haven't fasted since I was, I think, 18. It's not really a part of me anymore, but I get why it works for many people. Um, so I think that what you're talking about is fine f for, for, for some people. There we go. No, 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 no. This is, I'm not, I'm not uh, attacking I'm not attacking. No, no, no. I, I think I know where you're going, but I'll let you finish. Yeah, I, I but I think that most people are not super impressive. Maybe that's just because of the the environment that they're in. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I don't think that most people are deep thinkers or want to be deep thinkers. Like this is something that you've obviously thought of for a while. I've thought mm -hmm. of all of this since I was 13. Like I got yeah, into yeah. libertarianism when I was 13 and all of that. Um, but it is. Uh, it's it's such a weird time we're living in because I'll give an example of of social media and and which brings self absorption and 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 and, and it's all kind of about me 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 me, it's, you know, like you you ask a kid what do they want to be they want to be famous for no reason and they don't give a reason like uh, famous what it doesn't matter I want to be famous so I don't think that we're breeding <laughs> or teaching 
people to be deep thinkers. I don't think it's something people really think about. I don't think adults are, like you said, most people aren't thinking deeply. No, I mean, mm-hmm. they, and I don't know if they even have the time to. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, for, I think people should, should care about their health, but it doesn't seem like they care about A that. lot of people don't, but again, like, trace Like, I wish back. that they did, and I wish that people thought about these things more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, you can look at the fat people, you can look at the n- narcissistic young, you could look at the homeless people, you could look at the, the politicians that are crazy, you can look at all types of um, terrible behaviors and say, oh, look what people behave like. But I will say, no, these people have been deprived. They have been... Yeah, they have. They have been uh, screwed over by the intellectuals. The, the job of the intellectuals... Intellectuals, they're like doctors. You know how we need doctors. Without doctors... No matter how good we do other professions, a lot of us are just going to die unless we naturally live till we're old, right. a few of us. We need doctors. We need intellectuals. We need philosophers. We need people to do the heavy lifting in that arena. So you said not everyone's a deep thinker. I agree. Not everyone's a heavy lifter in, how? in construction. Not everybody's a doctor. Not everybody's an engineer. Not everybody's an entertainer. I agree. How, how, so, so the next question is how do you package this like religion religion packages it mm-hmm. as something very easy to understand very easy to consume although the, the 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 scripture or whatever you want to call it if you really look into it is actually really complex like i mean th- th- there's people who who study it all day long they study the same shit over and over and over again mm-hmm. But for the masses, they've packaged it as something easy. Like you believe in something bigger than yourself. You're more humble. You you give to charity. And you you know you think about this at least once a week. I mean, like, how do you package something like this to the masses? Because I don't see anyone really doing that. Well, or am I wrong? Uh, there's some people. I mean, I don't know. Like this this always. I've had this conversation a, a bunch of times, obviously, since I've begun sort of advocating for objectivism and talking about objectivism publicly. There's so, so this comes up a lot. People saying, yeah, but like, how do we first, a lot of people first challenge me on it. That doesn't mean I'm against it. No, no, I know. But a lot of people do challenge me on it. And then at a certain point, they jump over to, well, okay, but then how do we convince the masses? How do we get the average person? It, it just perplexes me. So, I mean, is it true or is it not? That's the first question. Just like if we're dealing with science, you know, if we're living in an age of superstition in the in the dark ages, the middle ages. I actually think we still are with I think it's returning. But there there yeah. there was an enlightenment. There was a turn away from uh mysticism and an acknowledgement that we do live in a in a world that that is observable. And a lot of philosophers did some very heavy lifting and they took us away from complete complete mysticism. And they said, let's observe reality. Let's discover rules of gravity, rules of nature. Let's, let's learn how to get along in this world. They were influenced by the logic of Aristotle, who had been unearthed in, in, those, in, in recent times, in their time. So um, you can see the way that philosophy shapes a culture over time. So the age of science, the modern age of science came about. You, if, 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 if Newton is arguing with, you know, uh, Augustine, you know, if Newton is talking to a a religious fanatic, and and Newton is making his points. He says, "Look, you know, you can observe gravity. You can observe that that um, you know there's all these principles at work that you can observe and identify in physical reality. It's true. It's happening. Let's uh, let's understand that this is happening and that this is the way the world works, and then hopefully live according to these rules so we can maximize happiness and and make the world a little better." And Augustine says. 
yeah, but most people aren't really thinking that complicated. So how do we, you know, then, then you know, how do we, you know, like, there's no reaching them. Well, is it true or is it not? And if the philosophers, if the influent, if the influencers, to borrow a word from modern times, if the intellectuals understand this philosophy and they and they agree with it, it it will seep into the culture through art, through media. Ultimately, into it'll seep into politics. So most people are never going to be philosophers. Most people are never going to call themselves objectivists, just like most people today don't call themselves Aristotelians. But Aristotle is everywhere. He is the most influential person in the world, whether we realize it or not. He he has more hypothetical Instagram followers than anyone when, right. if, if you factor in the way his influence has shaped the modern world. Yeah. Do you think that it's important for people to big in, uh, believe in something bigger than themselves? No. I mean— Like, like in a way, in a, a way pe- to humble them or People something. need to— I, uh, accept reality so the, the 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 reality is i don't control the world i am reality's bitch i am nature's bitch but once i accept that now i can i can reverse it and make the world mine i can you know nature to be commanded must be obeyed there's a very early i don't know if you call it enlightenment or renaissance uh thinker francis bacon nature to be commanded must be obeyed so you need to obey nature and then you can shape the world as you'd like it to be. So accepting reality is very important. You are not, you know, the pharaohs used to think that they created the world. If you, you probably learned about the, you know, the exodus from Egypt and all that. Pharaoh didn't want to hear about another god. He was god the way he saw it. He created himself the way he, he saw it. So, um, you know, as a sober guy, I can tell you too, accepting reality, accepting that I did not create the world, that I am not god. That is a hard thing for people to accept once they've made so many wrong turns philosophically early in life and lived as though their consciousness is running the game. So it, it, it's, it's a very humbling, humbling uh, step to admit that you're not running the show, that you did yeah. not create the world and you're not allowing it to exist. So in that respect, people do need to be humbled, but it, it, it's an empowering thing and the and the question is, to what end is this? The end is it for happy, free, um, confident individuals with self-esteem. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the nature thing makes total sense to me. Uh-huh. So if you spend most of your time in Los Angeles and your you're, uh, only exposure to nature is, is a dog that you have or a friend's dog that you interact with, uh, because really, there's no natural world here. I mean, going up Runyon Canyon isn't really no. Well, well, we can look at the apartment we're in right now and say this is the man-made. This is the man-made. But how? But you by playing by nature's rules, we people were able to manipulate matter and turn it into this object. But it's still part of nature. It is and it isn't. I mean, you you like I was gonna I I, I was gonna say that. When I went to Alaska a few weeks ago, we climbed up a mountain. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a humbling experience. You go up the mountain, you look at a 360 view of everything, and you're like, oh, holy shit, I'm just a little speck, and this is insane. This is amazing. For me, at least personally, mm-hmm. it's hard to think that way when I'm here, and everyone's angry at each other, and, you know. I don't know about that. I mean, I look, <laughs> I look at the Rolls Royce roll down the street, and I'm thinking, you know, unless this person is in bed with a politician or they're a sugar baby, like somebody had to think and produce values in order for this Rolls Royce to be devised, produced, and then purchased by somebody. 
Uh, I look at all the billboards around, you know, Sunset Boulevard, and I, I'm seeing hundreds of millions of dollars created in value in terms of people buying movie tickets and popcorn and all that, merchandise. I mean, there's so much greatness all around us. It's incalculable uh, how much intelligence went into creating all these values around us. But again, by playing by nature's rules, by saying, I am not God. I do not allow the world to exist. I am living in this world, and I need to play by the rules by the by the rules of nature in order to create values. I mean, you you doing this podcast is more impressive than a mountain. A mountain did nothing. A mountain just happens to be larger than you because it's it's been collecting dust for longer than you have. But the technology that went into this podcast, the the planning that you put into it, the the countless uh, financiers that loaned people money so that they can create a new product or launch a new business that that led to other cottage industries emerging, to other businesses, to the internet, to this, to that, to that and the other, till finally we're here talking about philosophy to an audience of dozens of people, I presume. <laughs> and they're all listening from God knows where. I mean, I, we've got people, you know, in, in, uh, in, in the highest mountains of Africa probably yeah. tuning in. Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Um. So, so do you see the this new gen? Like, let's just say Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, do you see it as a problem that they're all narcissists, or is that normal? I mean, is it because because like they're the fir- they're the real first generation to just grow up with this. I we I think we both. I might be a year older than you. We grew up without. Like, I remember no internet. Yeah. But I was excited when it emerged i was the it's first cool i couldn't wait to get on those chat rooms and talk shit but, but also, finish your point but yeah. also you weren't surrounded by it all the time no like you, it took work to get on there and you weren't there all day long you were on right. there like an hour a day or something you know like uh i remember i'd go to costa rica all the time we still go all mm-hmm. the time uh but there was internet cafes mm-hmm. so you, you 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 know like the one one hour of the day we got to go to the internet cafe and check mm-hmm. our email and go to group chats and whatever mm-hmm. but that wasn't the whole day there's no question that it's gotten faster and it's everywhere now but there was before that people watching tv all day or i mean even before tv there was other media, you know, consuming words all day on a paper that somebody wrote down. I mean, it can it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's it's what are what is your philosophy? What are you using this for? You know, I use the internet to entertain, to create the product I want to create and then to entertain people. Um and other people, yeah, they use the internet just to take selfies all day and and their self-esteem relies on how many likes they get. Again, that can be potentially harmful there's a way to do that that is more healthy you know creating beautiful pictures is not is not a bad thing but there's it's a matter of degrees and it's a matter of um kind of looking at the full context yeah but uh, so okay so um i'll give you uh, i'll give you an example i created an app a mm-hmm. few years ago yeah and we all we were thinking about was like okay how do we make this more addicting because we we saw how long people spent on the app and that wasn't to our satisfaction like we wanted people there longer and that is literally what everyone in silicon valley is thinking they're not thinking like how do we make this healthier how do we make this better how do we make you know people happier Mm -hmm. they want them there as long as possible like twitter's addicting i can see how instagram's addicting uh and youtube and all these things like it knows what you want to watch. They, they, their algorithms are very, very smart. Like they know how to get the right things in front of you. Yeah, but the people in Silicon Valley are—they're not 
refreshing Instagram all day. They're too busy working on their app. So like it. People, no, I mean, it, I, I get that that's their job. I'm just saying. No, that no. But people have a, a choice. They're not. It's they're not. Their free will is not being extracted from them. Yeah, it is addicting. I mean, every time I close Twitter, it shows, you know, like a number pops up on the app. So it makes me think I've got a notification when I just closed it. Right. You know, that's intentional. Of course it is. Yeah. So look, I, look. There's a lot wrong with today's culture. I am not sitting here like Pollyannish saying, "No, everything's fine. It's going to work out." I'm saying, um, look at the big, con- like the the big picture. Yeah. There's a lot wrong with Generation Z. There's there's a lot wrong with the Boomers. There's a lot wrong with uh, the people older than them. Like uh, we've been on the wrong path for a very long time as as the culture here in in the West, here in America. There's a lot wrong. There's a lot. We've been on the wrong path. Oh, basically, America was founded by uh, Age of Reason thinkers. You know, Jefferson and mm-hmm. and his and his friends were fans of Thomas Paine. They were fr- fa- well, Thomas Paine was one of them, but they were fans of John Locke. They were fans of um, empiricist Enlightenment thinkers, and they um, almost as soon as the country was created, the philosophers around the world were working to undo it. They were working to undo the uh the enlightenment they were looking to reverse course and we've seen the effects of it so the rejection of reason has been the norm in philosophy for a long time you ask any philosophy professor in the last 150 years what do you think of you know individual you know individually observing the world and using your rational faculty they'll say that's a joke that's you know it seems like you can do it but you're not really doing it there's there's your your senses are distorting reality. They'll tell you your the way your your sense organs interact with an object is biased. It's subjective. They'll tell you that sounds like uh, critical theory. It's not only critical theory. It's every theory out there today. Uh, other than objectivism, there there's nobody championing for um, reason as as a faculty of the individual. This has been this has been the case. This has been the norm. You ask anyone about the founding fathers, too, even just in politics. What do you think of Jefferson and Washington in terms of their political championing of individual rights? They'll say, eh, it's cute. It's cute. It was nice of them to try out. But we're, we're a bit more sophisticated than that now. We understand that society needs to be engineered a bit. You know, the individual needs to be taught to be more of a team player. So nobody respects the, the Enlightenment anymore. Nobody respects the Age of Reason because philosophically, reason was undercut. I know you got that Ben Shapiro book over there. I, I didn't. I didn't. Re- I, I read like twenty pages. I, I would know. recommend a, a book called like The it. Ominous Parallels. The Ominous Parallels. S- send it to me after. I'll send you a yeah, link yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by Leonard Peikoff. It is. I I, I don't mm-hmm. like him. <laughs> no, no. I I have my differences with him. What 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 don't you like about him? I mean, again, I think. Just, just uh, to simplify things, he's he's a neocon. Like yeah. he he pretends like he's not because he owns the the libs and the feminists and whatever, and that's entertaining. Yeah, but it's not that hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he shows his true colors when you know it's easy for him to want to go to war with Iran or Syria or whatever. And it's like, dude, you've never fought and you never will, and you'll never send your children either. Well, like, no, it's so it's my beef with him. There is not just well, it's it's. We have. I was simplifying it. But, but, well, yeah. most people do. We're presented with two choices when it comes to foreign policy: either be pacifists or nation builders. You know, and George Bush and Ben Shapiro are the latter. They're nation builders. They're they I, won't they won't identify a threat and wipe it out and and say don't mess with us again. Like you know, after nine eleven, you you're you you should look at nine eleven and say 
religious fanatics screaming Allahu Akbar, funded by Saudi Arabia and by Iran and trained, mm-hmm. you know, by them and in Afghanistan, but mainly in Saudi and Iran. They've been at war with us since 1979 when they took our hostages. They blew up our Marines in the 1980s. They threatened Solomon Rushdie and his publishers in the early 90s or late 80s. They've been threatening our freedoms for a long time. Now they just flew some planes into us. This was an ideologically driven, religiously driven thing. So we need to find the main forces preaching for this this uh, action against us, the, the people preaching this version of this religion, and point at them and say no more swiftly decisively eliminate the threat it's self-defense it's not hawkish it's not it's not gratuitous it's it's definitely not so nobody is advocating for what i'm saying right now other than the ayn rand uh institute and other objectivists very few people are are describing what i'm saying and this is why we need philosophic integration and this is why we need individualism understand that the government's job is to protect the rights of the individual. But when the government's turned into a lobby system, the, the foreign policy also just becomes a, a bunch of competing lobbies and, and the government trying to prove to everyone how altruistic it is. So they, they attack Iraq, which was, because it's secular, because Iraq is not an Islamic country. It, it was, Saddam was a secular dictator. He was like modeled after fascist Italy, just like Syria. Because there's, he, Iraq was secular... Bush went in there because he couldn't he couldn't admit that religious people had attacked us Um, and because Iraq was not the primary threat. You know, there may have been some degree to which Saddam Hussein was threatening America or American interests. But, you know, that pales in comparison to Saudi Arabia and to Iran. So precisely to prove that we're not selfish, America went to war with Iraq and people can't accept that. They, they need to believe there's some selfish mode. They're like, no, I can't believe we're this insane. I can't believe we've got this Christian altruistic morality governing our foreign policy. So they, they project all types of uh, intricate selfish motives on Bush and his friends saying it's Halle Burton, it's, it's Blackwater. There's certainly profiteers. Don't get me wrong. It's but not, That's not the main reason. The, the profiteers show up. They're the hawks. They're the birds that show up to eat the corpse. But it's altruism that drives us to uh, tie our hands behind our back when we're threatened. Mm-hmm. So, so you see what I'm saying? So when, when, when we have individualism as the, as the epistemological view, you know, saying that, that reason is the way, that reason is the faculty of the individual, then we, see, we could take it to the next step. Ethically, an, the individual should live for his own sake, that Ayn Rand points out. The individual must be selfish and should be because life without happiness is pointless. There's no point in living. So live for the sake of, of the possibility of happiness, and now you need a political system that allows you to do that. Now we've got capitalism. And then the government's job basically is just to protect your rights when they're being threatened and to arbitrate disputes. So we're th- our rights get threatened in 1979, wipe, wipe out the threat very quickly, very decisively, and just make it clear, don't mess with us again. That's it. Doesn't need, we don't need to, you know, this could end right now. Just don't threaten us and we'll leave you alone. You leave us alone. So yeah, now, now when we've got Ben Shapiro saying, oh, le- leaving Syria is, is you know, a big mistake, oh, le- le- and we need to get involved with Iran. He's not advocating for decisive, swift, pointed defense of American individual rights. He's not pointing to that. He's aligning himself with people like Bush. He's aligning himself with morons. And I'm not on board with that shit, so I'm not going to align myself with Shapiro and all these morons. I'd rather see Trump pull us out of the Middle East until we learn how to fight a war properly. Yeah, I like that rant. Yeah. I agree. I, dude, no, look, I, I fully agree with you. Mm-hmm. I just kind of, 
feel like uh okay your your whole spiel mm-hmm. is i like it I, i'm all i'm all i'm all for it it seems to me like the the natural progression for people who don't want uh who who, who want secularism like who are seculars they they tend to because i feel like we inherently need like naturally we just need to believe in something bigger than ourselves they i'm i'm just I'll they end finish. up they end up being they end up believing in government as the solution mm-hmm. like th- so it seems to me like the the main two people right now the main two sides right now are uh yes conservatives do vote for big because politicians are assholes they're all they're all bullshit artists which, like which part of armenia are we importing our politicians from <laughs> Obviously, they come from here. We raise them, we educate them, and they represent us. We vote for them. We we do, but I mean, like, I I mean, I wish people like Ron Paul were more. Uh, I mean, what a what a pathetic uh, light at the end of the tunnel. This this bumbling religious fanatic who, uh, you know, who who pays lip service to capitalism but apologizes to the Islamic world. Uh, after 9-11. Like, is this the best we could hope for? I think we could do much better than that. I mean, I... So I, you, you said secularists tend to turn to big government. Thomas Jefferson was rumored to be an atheist. He certainly was for separation of church and state. Was he for big government? He he wrote the Declaration of Independence. No, I'm, I'm just talking about how people are today. I mean, I don't... What What's the difference? Why, why, I mean, are we genetically different today? What What changed? No, I think I think the way we consume media has changed. I but think where that, does this media? Who who creates this media? No, no, no. Yeah, look, and 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 uh, for, I think it begins in the educational system. I think that that yeah. all, that should be scrapped. Government should not be involved. In, Agree. In that number at, number one at all. If I, had, I think it begins yeah. with that, like more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, so when they say no, but education is a human right. How how is that a human right? It's it's a you it's have a good and you have you have no right to be provided something that someone else needed to work for. You only right you have is is to live by your own judgment. Yeah, that, that's a, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so whenever someone says something is a human right, I always go, okay. Well, do you think food is? Because it never has been. When we were hunter and gatherers, we all worked together. It work keyword mm-hmm. work. Right. Uh, to, they would say to, we live in a society and you enjoy the benefits of living in this society, so you need to help pay for someone else's food if, he, if he's fallen on hard times. I, I mean, it, you need to, you need, I like that you're pointing these things out. You need to get down to the essence of it. So why was Thomas Jefferson uh, for separation of church and state, but also didn't want big government? He didn't want to see the government, you know, enslaving people to give, to give money to everyone. Like he was... You know, he gave us him and his friends gave us the the capitalist, you know, the birth of capitalism. The industrial revolution was largely enhanced in a, in early America. It was because these were individualists. They, you know, people like Ben Franklin were fascinated by what's possible to the individual. Uh, you know, the sci- science and you know the implicit philosophy of science that the individual can observe reality. And identify what's happening, and come and devise certain principles, and then apply those to manipulating nature. So, um, it's not that there's this invisible force making us turn to big government when we reject religion. It's religion and worship of the state are both consequences of the rejection of reason. And the rejection of reason is the rejection of selfishness. It's the rejection of individualism. It's the rejection of capitalism. These things all go together. So, after um. After the skeptics 
rejected reason. People like David Hume and George Berkeley. Berkeley? Brooklyn? Berkeley, yeah. Berkeley. And it doesn't matter. He was scum. He said, you're, you're, you know, your senses distort reality. Your senses, you know, you, you, you can't predict uh, any, any principles. Just because you threw a rock up and it fell down a hundred times doesn't mean that next time it'll fall back down. It could turn into an elephant and fly away. So these people, these were skeptics. These were the Sam Harris's of their time. These were the Richard Dawkins of their time who, who, who claimed to be champions of science while undercutting it at every opportunity. So the skeptics rejected reason. And then Immanuel Kant said, not only uh, do your senses distort reality, but you have no knowledge whatsoever of true reality. Everything you see around you is just the phenomenal world. There's the noumenal world, which is basically God's dimension. It is just the true reality that has you have no access to. Um, after him came Hegel, who said, the whole universe is basically God, and the manifestation of God's self-discovery is the state. Like, the state is the ultimate uh like achievement of greatness here on earth it's when people form a state the state is like god's spokesman here on earth sound familiar it became like the playbook for 20th century europe and much of the progressive effort here in america these people worship the state people like hitler stalin and woodrow wilson you know much of the much of the left and sadly we're all basically leftists now in modern times it's 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 the norm worship of the state so it's not just that we're kind of naturally uh, driven to, to love the state. No, the, the, this is a philosophic uh, school that is that came to be after reason was rejected, and then it was taught. People who went to college were taught this. Americans went, went to Germany, were taught this, and they brought it back here, and they taught it here. Middle Easterners, rich Arabs sent their kids to Europe to study. They, they wanted to know, why is the West always better than the Middle East? Why do the, these Christians or these Europeans always seem to be a step ahead of us Arabs here in, in the Middle East? So they would send their, their kids to study in European universities. And d did they learn about individualism and capitalism? No, of course. They learned about reject how the individual cannot understand reality and that the state is the most mighty and incredible things. So they brought statism back with them to the Middle East. And we, of course, saw statism rise throughout the world, certainly in Europe, and we're going to see it again. We need to, again, you, once you reject reason, once you reject individualism, you reject rational selfishness, you're only going to see the loss of liberty. So I, I would challenge this assertion that pe that the average person, that most people, when without religion, they turn to statism. No, religion and statism are both misintegrations. They're both false alternatives. The proper alternative for human beings living in reality is reason. And I would recommend Ayn Rand's conception, her theory of concepts, her her ethics. I would recommend her philosophy. Yeah, I mean, look, I keep thinking about the question where we're living in the most distracted time. Like, everyone is constantly distracted. Boredom doesn't exist anymore. It, it was cured when it shouldn't have been cured. Like, there's no—it was something that didn't need to be cured. It's good to sit and think. Mm -hmm. And and, and everyone's, everyone's uh, distracted and entertained constantly. No one's thinking about this. How do, how do we get people to think about these sort of things anymore? Like, you're supreme ruler or you're elected president or something. Mm -hmm. Like, what? how do you change it? <laughs> I would—you um, I, I, I would, can't impose—that's what I'm saying. You can't— Right. You can't force people to be um, logical. But I would be—if I were in charge—you know, if I were dictator, I would—I think I would— 
um, maybe step down from there <laughs> and prescribe a part, you know, a, a congressional a representative democracy. But I mean, if I weren't if I had influence in the government, I would, like you said, um, get rid of the Department of Education and separate education from government because the two are, you know, get, providing people an education is not a proper function of the government. So I would privatize education. But, I mean, we need even more than that. We need good philosophy to make a comeback. And that's going to take a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, advo- advocacy. It's going to take... More than government, though, mm-hmm. do you think that it's more detrimental to society that all all pillars of like okay for instance uh the tech and the tech world mm-hmm. uh the entertainment world the media uh we can even lump in academia like the universities and whatever even though those are propped up by subsidies from the government and so on but all all of those well actually even tech is too in certain points but they're they all kind of think the same they and and, and and I think I would say that they influence people more so. Mm-hmm. That's why, for instance, something like the Joker was dangerous to them, mm-hmm. and why they wrote articles about it, like really horrible art, wrong article, like you know, pushing the whole incel thing and kind of hoping for a shooter to ha- a shooting to happen or something. They wanted that movie to fail. It didn't. Fa- it made a shit ton of money, mm-hmm. more than they even projected. So that's why it was so dangerous. Uh, but those things are kind of rare, like that kind of squeaked out by accident almost do you do you think that those uh industries are uh they kind of have a stranglehold right i mean yeah but i mean they all come from the university so it's not that we can throw the universities in that no all roads lead to academia and all all philosophic influences ultimately trace back to the intellectual class um what do you, you you say they all basically think the same well what are you what are you advocating for all, all for them to think instead is the is the important question so having an alternative understanding the alternative and offering it is the only way to to combat that right so or else what what are we or else we're just kind of uh, drifting aimlessly into that big group of people that monolith right yeah mm-hmm. i uh I don't know, man. You don't? No, I mean it's uh, no, no, no. I, 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 uh, I agree with you. I just, it's just such a, it's so powerful, man. It is. It's so powerful. You mean the the machine, the uh, the the industry, the people? Like, what do you mean is powerful? All of it, but but mm. also the. I mean, they they're getting you from since pre K. I mean, and you know what's funny is that they kind of used to leave kids alone, mm-hmm. like a little bit, you know, but they're they're kind of exposing them to really horrible things yeah, yeah. a little too soon and and they don't seem to care it's it's child abuse they're, it they're, is and, but and, and and they're getting them sooner again, and sooner so you need to dissect it's, it's, everything it's, it's the education system like yes, i think but i think you're right like that's like the worst thing i think philosophically we can't look at the education system like it just exists in a vacuum what are the ideas that that teachers are taught and then passing along you know okay let's so it, so it, you're saying there's child abuse taking place now let's as an exercise by what standard is it wrong to abuse anyone or let's just say a child because I mean, actually, let's start with an adult. By what standard is it wrong to abuse a person? 
Well, what, what, what do you mean? Okay, first of all, like children have their brains aren't fully developed. Right. Yet. They they look at reality way differently than we do. I mean, yeah. we for instance, I was when I was a kid, I I, I loved Batman and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and I thought bad guys were just fiction. Mm-hmm. No one told me that it was it, that they existed, and I'm glad that they didn't. I was able to have a childhood. Yeah. So let's so, start. So uh, in cho- other words, one like uh, until you're able to use your own rational faculty, your your parents or guardians need to think on your behalf to get you to adulthood. As a form of protect, I mean, you protect yeah. kids from da- actual physical danger. So it's the same yeah. thing. They with have the right. Da- Those children have the right to not be violated and to not be manipulated. They basically they need to have rational adults think on their behalf and and get that's, them to adulthood. That's, that's what parenting okay. is like. Good parenting. So it's to the end. The end goal is to get them to adulthood safely. Is that? Yeah, but I'm not talking about like helicopter parenting. No, 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 no. And, there's and, a there's a good way to parent and a bad way, and but the the purpose of parenting is to get them to adulthood. Yeah, like I wouldn't mm-hmm. talk to if I had kids, I wouldn't t- tell them about racism and slavery right. and all that. Sure, but they're actually doing that right now. Or their yeah. sex education, like they're yeah. teaching six year olds about sex. Why would you do that? I agree. There's a right way and a wrong way to deal with children, but I'm I'm pointing out the reason there is a standard in place at all that there should be a standard in place is with the end of getting these children to adulthood, of getting them through this childhood without confusing them, without upsetting them, without meaning upsetting their development, to get them to adulthood, because the end goal is, is for them to be adults who are rational and not, right. not damaged. Right. So why is it wrong to hurt an adult? Why is it wrong to prevent an adult from forming? Why is it wrong to abuse an adult you see on the street? Why is it wrong to, uh, to assault somebody that you see? Why? Well, you, don't want, you wouldn't want that done to yourself right you have certain requirements in order to live in order to sure. live you you need to live without force if it's true that reason is the way to live if, if it's true that the individual needs to, to look at the world independently and live by his judgment then he needs to be free to do so and to apply force to introduce force into human affairs it makes it impossible and you're negating reason then you're negating individual so you have certain requirements for living those are rights See, everything I've just said now is secular. This is not, I was not saying God gave you rights. I was not saying there's some cosmic force out there giving, granting you rights. No, you have certain requirements to live. You know, whether we're in the jungle 100,000 years ago or whether we're in industrial Los Angeles today, there are certain requirements in order to live. You have a right to think independently and then to act according to your judgment without having force introduced to you. Why is it so attractive for people to use force? Because they've rejected reason. And and, and their ideas just can't stand on their own. Like, it needs force to exist. Yes, but but once upon a time, philosophers who were not using force, who were putting pen to paper, were rejecting, they were undercutting reason, they were explaining why reason is an illusion, they were explaining why individualism is a thing of the past, and they... And they got people to believe that really it's not about the individual. It's the state that does the thinking for you. It's the group, whether it's the Aryan race or whether it's the uh, proletariat class or the, or the, 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 the government lobby, whatever it is. It's the group that thinks for you. It's the group that you're supposed to follow. Right, it's lazy. Well, I, and it's, most it, people are lazy. They become lazy when they're told they're, from the time they're born. You're talking about kids being taught taught about sex too soon i'm i'm worried even more than that about kids not being taught to think independently so we we've or think critically so when philosophers at in higher education 
it, when, when, when big, big, big philosophers, the ones that stand out in history, are undercutting reason, when they're advocating for some type of either emotionalism or groupthink or some type of mysticism, which really is just more emotionalism or groupthink, when they're advocating for that, people follow that. What, are, what do you expect every person in the street to defend reason from giant philosophers? So you're right that the average person doesn't have the equipment, the intellectual equipment to defend reason from the world. And most of them, most people either they become mundane, they become mediocre people just kind of getting by in this modern world, or they become complete hedonists, or they become completely antisocial in the best sense of the word. They become violent, a lot of them. They become homeless, a lot of them. Or they join the system. They become lobbyists. They become corrupt CEOs that are that love being in bed with politicians, that love having relationships with, with the city, with the politicians. So you have, I mean, you have all types of freaks of nature that emerge from this system. But it all traces back to philosophers rejecting reason. If philosophers understand reason properly and they advocate for it, they champion for it, as some philosophers did in the past, what you get is an improved standard of living on earth. You get individuals empowered. The literacy rate used to be much higher in the time of the founding fathers. The, um, the entrepreneurship, the American dream used to be a thing that people swam basically to, across the ocean to get to, almost swam. They, they, I mean, they were on a boat typically. I mean, people couldn't wait to make something of themselves. You know, this was before uh, you had, um, you know, public schools and and welfare and and subsidies and all of that. So, all 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 roads lead to philosophy. You know, it's mm -hmm. um, it really is it, it really is true. I we're on the same page, good. for the most part. Good, for the most part. Yeah, good. Yeah, I think right. we solved it. No. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, but the, the educational system. Yeah, but I mean, be careful of like blaming technology or saying that people today. No, are... no, no. no. I'm, I, mm -hmm. I, I don't think that it's really done on purpose. Like, yes, that certain algorithms are made because they want you to stay on there longer. I don't think that's like that. In a, it's not like fully sinister for a sinister reason. Mm -hmm. I just think that that's just you know what business does. I think that it's interesting how, for instance, like. Yeah, technology sometimes may be solving problems that didn't exist. Like, we should be bored. We shouldn't be entertained all the time. I think that it's important to kind of, like, th think, you know, sit and think, and that's it, and not talk. But, um, uh, you know, then then on the other side of the coin is uh, something like Uber and, and Lyft and, and all those companies that totally uh, destroyed the, the taxi industry, which is pretty much government, and it gave us a better... System. And that was without lobbying, without any laws, without that was just a, also a, just a total accident, in my opinion. Like it, it, technology, the, the the awesome thing about it is it moves so quickly that the regulators, by the time they even realize it exists, they can't they can't stop stop it. It's hard for them to stop it because most people aren't ready for them to regulate it. But I mean, you're starting to see already uh, people talking about the 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 Uber drivers being uh, exploited and all that. So. Right, which will ruin Uber, but then... Yeah, and they're talking the same thing with the internet. People, they want net neutrality. They want all types of government involvement in the internet. They want... I mean, look at the look at the right-wingers today. Uh, so many of them are advocating for government to regulate Facebook or Google. And Ben Shapiro, people like him, 
he's not exactly advocating for it, but he's sort of, um, he's kind of standing sort of silent, or he, he, he's bringing up this bullshit distinction between platform and publisher, which is such bullshit. He knows that. He's a lawyer. He knows he's full of shit. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're seeing people uh, sell out the free market to the degree that the market is free, rather than advocating for more freedom, rather than advocating to deregulate further. They point to the problems and they say we need government to solve this. So antitrust is is kind of the um, the the Sherman antitrust legislation way back when introduced by Republicans, of course, was kind of the beginning of the end. I think the 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 death of the free market, and we're still dealing with it today. We're still living with the consequences. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that we should break up any of those companies or anything like that. the The thing that's a little bit confusing to me is, um. Oh, and I'm asking a like I'm mm-hmm. asking a question just because I don't know. Maybe you know they uh, like companies like Google and Facebook and and they they take uh, government subsidies and all that, don't they? Or probably because and and they're kind of in bed with them and, and sort of. But th- then how? Do, what are we gonna? It's it's just like with Occupy Wall Street. They are they are correct that that government and Wall Street are way too involved with each other. But what's their solution? Oh no no no! My, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about breaking up any of those companies. I just think that. Uh, it's it's a little bit I, for lack of a better word it's a little scary that mm-hmm. they um mostly ban conservatives on those platforms and I, I i think that they do that because they kind of like for instance the last election they realized that um online personalities had had way more sway on people than uh than the media, mm-hmm. the me- it used to be you know the mainstream media. Now it's really yeah. not. They don't. They really only exist because Trump gives them stories all day long and gives True. them clicks and all that. Like they would be, they would have been gone by now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he he makes them so much money. But uh, what's the solution? You know, like for instance, the 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 if I wanted to make a, a competitor to like Twitter mm-hmm. and uh, and I started gaining steam, the the Twitter would talk to Apple and mm-hmm. say, you know what, don't let them on the App Store yeah. and all that. Like, how do you? Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily like a real free market, is it? Is it because like if if there's just one avenue to mm-hmm. put your plat, you made you raised the money, you you made you hired the engineers, you you built this thing that could really become a real competitor, and the only platform to put it out on in all of the internet is is the App Store or even the Google Play. Literally, it's only those two places. Like, how how is how do you? allow for real competition well first you recognize that what we have today is not a free market we have a heavily regulated economy we have in many cases subsidized or you have special favors being granted by the government which is even more empowering than subsidies and uh advocate for divorcing the government from the economy the government should only step in when rights are being violated if there's theft or some type of fraud i i'm open to the argument that says you know facebook advertised themselves as you know an open neutral platform but now they're they're clearly biased to the left but i and i I know facebook's terms of service cover them from that type of claim which is why nobody's really making that claim they're they're more invoking monopolistic practices and all that bullshit or they want um they're saying because facebook is now a publisher by banning somebody they're a publisher now they should be held liable for everything that's being posted on their website but okay to answer your question sorry the no, first okay. thing to the first thing to recognize is that we live in an unfree 
economy. So what we're seeing today, even all the growth we've seen, even all the innovation we've seen, is in spite of government intervention. And it would be much bigger, much more plentiful, with much many more alternatives in a free economy. And I don't just mean in the tech industry. If we had a free medical industry alongside a free food industry alongside that, and most importantly, finance industry, an industry um, where you can loan money and infuse life into the economy and watch businesses grow without being heavily regulated and told what to do, which is the 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 big banks people act like the big banks run the show which it, it, it that's sort of the the end result is that the big banks have political power but that's because they were regulated they have politicians and bureaucrats with offices set up in the banks as and it all started with saying oh don't trust those bankers we got to regulate them it gets what that what regulation does is it puts business in bed with government if we start regulating twitter today did you see tim pool talking to um uh, Twitter guy a few oh, months yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, and, and and Tim Pool, of course, who who you know is a is a left leaning Occupy Wall Street guy back from back in the day. He tells Twitter Jack, "I think you should be regulated by the government." And Jack was like, "Yeah, I would love that. It'd be great. I'd love to work with the government." It basically, it would grandfather Twitter in place. It would mm-hmm. say, "You're you're you're the official media. You're not going anywhere. You ever you're ever in trouble, the government will make sure you're you're okay." It's like a parent saying. Yeah, move to the city, you know, you'll be okay. I'll make sure you're never homeless, you know, get out there, chase chase your dreams. Um so that's that's um I mean that's the that's what that's what regulation brings about. So deregulate further, deregulate the finance industry more than anything else, but really you got to deregulate everything. Uh get rid of uh, uh government schools, you know, you'll start to seeing brilliant minds emerging everywhere, innovative, passionate, hardworking intellectuals. And uh, you know we might clash on this. Ultimately, once we're once we're freeing the economy, maybe uh, don't be so uptight about immigrants coming as well. We get get the best and brightest to come in here and bring some of their great ideas. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I'm for a merit based mm-hmm. system. But how? I mean, how do you? How do you? Um, who decides? I, that that I mean that that's a pretty good question. But mm-hmm. but people who genuinely. Okay, for lack of a better, mm-hmm. like they love America. Yeah, you know, I mean, the idea of America, the the idea of the found, like what the founding fathers intended, and you know, know about it. I mean, I guess that's why there's, but, you know, but all then those we, tests I mean, it, should we have a merit based system for peop- for citizens to remain citizens? Because almost nobody today loves the founding fathers for what they truly were. I kind of like the Starship Troopers. Uh, I don't, I haven't seen or yeah, read that. I don't know what that is. Oh, okay, I, I know I've heard of it, but it's, um, it's pretty good. Like, I've, yeah. The, from what I remember, in order to be a citizen, you have to be in the military. <laughs> I think it's kind I of interesting. It is interesting, but um, and you see a lot of right-leaning people using that. They're saying, "Oh, you need to be." You know in the what? Military. I, I I know I sound like a hypocrite because I've never been in the military, but mm-hmm. but um, I I kind of looking back, I kind of wish I when I was younger, I I you know did it's, that. Uh, I did. I didn't mm-hmm. go to college. Like I knew that mm-hmm. that was a scam. Yeah. In eighth grade, I'm like, that shit's a scam. I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. I should have. Uh, Gone to the military. I think the reason why it wasn't ever something that came across my mind was because George Bush was president. I yeah, hated him. To hell with Didn't that. trust him. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go fight in Iraq yeah. and any of that. But but um, 
but it's something I kind of think about once in a while now that that you know if he, Bush wasn't president, it might have been mm. a pretty good, a pretty positive experience. It definitely trains you. It makes you uh, sit up straight and and look at the world in front of you and act according to what you see, rather than you know sitting around in a in a in a cloud of bong smoke and try to imagine what's happening in the world. You got to get out there into the field and. And live by the consequences of your actions. You got to pay close attention. There's a lot that good that comes from military training, but uh, I would never advocate for a draft. Um, no, no. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, you 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 were born in Israel. Yeah. What do you, mm-hmm. what do you think of like their structure? I don't like it. There's a lot wrong with Israel. We could talk about that if you want. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. really uh, well versed in that, mm-hmm. but it's kind of interesting because okay, so it's a country of what, like, how many million people? It's like. 10 maybe maybe less maybe 8 million yeah. i think there's about 7 6 7 million jews and then a million arabs and then maybe a few more 100,000 miscellaneous i don't know exactly sure the, the what's interesting is like okay they have a mandatory draft mm-hmm. and uh it's kind of i from what i gather it's because like literally every country surrounding israel wants it to be wiped off the face of the earth is that wrong that's what that's why it's sort of there but if israel had Everything I've said about America is true about Israel. So just like I said, we reject reason intellectually in our philosophic houses of learning here. Same thing in Israel. They've got universities. They've got professors teaching the students to hate themselves, to hate their own country. They've got they're altruistic. They 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 operate under self appeasement and and self deprecating outlook. Like they hate the West because they're they're Western. You know, like the modern West hates itself. So everything wrong with America and with Europe is the case with Israel. So um, they say, yeah, the, the rationale for having a draft is that without it, they'll, they'll quickly die. But that's not really true. If today, Israel is so strong. If they, just like I said, America should identify a threat and eliminate the threat. If Israel did the same thing, there'd be peace and prosperity throughout the Middle East. The first thing that would happen was very quickly, the first one to fire a missile at Israel would get hit really, really hard in return. And the the region would respect that. They respect strength. Most, I hate to say it, kind of barbaric yeah, cultures. No, and that's They of, respect strength. So people would start, instead of looking to wipe out Israel, they would ask, what makes Israel successful? Oh, they're scientific. They're, they're, they're sem- you know, relatively uh, free in their economy. But Israel, again, they're, the reason Israel moved away from that in their military policy as well as in their economic policy everything they they well they used to be much more socialist but in any case the reason they can't bring themselves to being uh assertive in self-defense is the same reason they can't bring themselves to be capitalist in in the full sense is because philosophically they don't have the ammunition philosophically they need ayn rand philosophically they need to rediscover the enlightenment but to do it right this time interesting yeah so yeah the draft is there hypothetically without the draft israel would would be wiped out but as it is there there's missiles thousands of missiles flying in what what, what are, you know yeah the, and they can't really do much uh without asking permission right like with from the united it's states it's a very right? fucked up situation so like uh, it's just like with subsidies like uh, israel and america should not have any money going you know like america should not give mo- foreign aid to anyone oh no i yeah, fully yeah. fully yeah, a lot of people that. agree even even with mm-hmm. our allies Right. Like, Nobody, I don't think I don't think Israel really needs it <laughs> unless unless it's it can be proven that 
protecting our particular ally defends American lives and rights. If that happens to be the case, let's say we're in a world war right now and lo- giving loaning some money to England right now will will can be it can be demonstrated to be protecting our lives, you know, our lives and rights. Fine, I'm open in to a, that. In a time of relative peace, it's there's no of point. There's no reason, and it's ridiculous. And America gives money to Israel as well as to the enemies of Israel. It's, it's billions insane. of dollars just thrown at everyone. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And Israel gives money to the Arabs. They give <laughs> Hamas in in Gaza gets their water from Israel. Yeah, Israel's watering them, sending them p- a, a pipe of water as while also bombing them ineffectively. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's crazy, but yeah. this is what. This is what philosophy leads to. This is what the rejection of reason leads to. This is not the natural state of mankind. This is not inevitable. This is what philosophers prescribe, this rejection of coherence, this rejection of integration, this disintegration. It leads to a hodgepodge of conflicting ideas and of confusion, and this is what we get. Yeah, this is, this is how fucked up the, the educational system is, is that you can show them countless of examples venezuela right now Mm -hmm. is is because of socialism and all that it's done Mm -hmm. like people are eating dogs and because they have to not because they want to or or both (laughs) or both but then but then people say well that's not real socialism right i mean well because they say the the people in charge have all the money so it's the rich oppressing the poor people i've heard people say that about north korea oh they have all the money they oh they're eating all the food like they they to them like they're so unintegrated but again this this does not emerge in a vacuum they reject capitalism because they reject selfishness because they reject reason in its truest sense reason as a faculty of the individual ultimately they re- they reject causality they reject existence they are at war with reality they are at war with existence and this is nihilism and this is in the philosophy books these are what people like hegel and kant we're writing down. They were not, you know, these were not defenders of reason. They were very clearly, in some cases, prescribing self-sacrifice, rejection of reason, rejection of freedom, and worship of something other than yourself, worship of the state, worship of the group, or just following your whims. And when you have whim worshipers, when you have hedonists, then you're going to end up in a dictatorship where the dictator's emotions, where his impulses are running the show, which is, you know, gang rule, of course. Yeah. All right, dude. Let's get to some questions. All right. This was all part one? Okay, cool. Well, no, but that's part one's always the longest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part two? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. Watch us get one question in and it turns into a whole... (laughs) Fun. Well, okay. I don't know why this person sent me this. Mm Mm-hmm. And we could just skip it, but they said, should the juvenile court system exist or should there only be an adult criminal system, for example? It wouldn't matter if a juvenile was deprived as a youth. There would be uh, no violent offenses that... There would be no... Okay, whatever. Uh, I keep keep thinking he's asking about the Jews, like, what do we do about them? Um, We should get rid of the Jews. I think... uh, You get where they're going. I think it's for political philosophers. I mean, I'm not not a lawyer. Yeah, I I think it's a fair question. It's an interesting one. Uh, How to deal with teenagers is a... They're sort of halfway between being children and adults. I think uh, I would defer to political philosophers to really answer that question in depth. Uh, Offhand, my opinion is, once you're a teenager, if you can demonstrate that you're... um, that you're uh, coherent enough to live by your own judgment, you can get emancipated 
from your parents, at which point maybe then the law should be enforced in a stricter way, I guess. But, I mean, but again— Doesn't it? Don't, don't they sometimes— You can em- emancipate, but, I mean— No, juvenile no but also, yeah. like, if, like, a juvenile commits murder, sometimes they yeah. charge them as adults anyway. Sometimes. So I, I think it depends. I don't, I don't know. This is a tough one. I don't even know how big of a problem that is. That's why it's, like, a— I mean, pretty niche questions. It's, it's niche, but uh, I don't think this is not a fundamental question. This right. is not a fundamental. A fundamental question should be: Should there be a criminal system at all? If an anarchist was was writing in, he would say, "Who says there should be a court at all?" Then I would say, "Okay, since the individual needs to live by his own judgment, and since force negates reason, and we can't deal with each other just by pointing bigger guns or acu- acquiring bigger gangs at each other, we need." A, a government body to extract force and to arbitrate disputes and to punish criminals. So that's why we need a court. It's not just another gang. They are a body, a necessary good. See, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm answering questions that weren't even sent in. I like that. Me too. Uh, a, a previous guest of this podcast, uh, Gusnov, he has like a big, uh, uh, he has a couple of big meme accounts. Wow. He's 19 years old. He's very smart. Um, he asked, uh, in your opinion, what is the best way society should orient itself morally, and what would this society concretely look like? That's a long—that's like a pretty— uh, I think we've answered that. We but have. We uh, have. So society is, uh, is no greater than the sum of its individual members, right? Society is a concept we use just to refer to a group of people living in a certain region with a, with a common government. Uh, society should be a series of free individuals whose rights are protected but no, but, and never violated— and um, it would look it would look awesome. It would be a lot of people like Gustav creating what he you know, creating all kinds of cool shit, using technology that's ever evolving, trading with others, whether it's, you know, trade in in the uh, business sense or friendship or romantic love. It would be a bunch of happy, empowered people pursuing both dollars and joy in life. Yes. Yeah, I I, I concur. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tell tell Gustav to <laughs> plug Gusnav. some Gustav to to pu- plug some of my shit on his account. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I will. I'll DM him your. Wait, what's what's your YouTube? You see, you just I'm look up it. Taraka Raka Ali on YouTube. You know, I how, am. How like, often do you put out videos? As often as I as I can. I should have like, one coming out. Let me uh, see if my new song is on Apple. But um, it should be soon. You know, I for a guy who's worked as hard as I have, a guy who's created as many memes as I have. Why don't all these meme lords ever give me any props? You know, I, what, what, what's Grand Day? Uh, when's Grand Day or or Dolan Dark or PewDiePie? You know, when have they ever um, like taken a minute to thank me for my hard work and and like done something cute with one of my songs? Yeah, I mean, but that's there's no rules out there, you know. There's no so, rules. So sometimes they don't feel like they have to. No, they don't have. They don't feel like they have to. But I think they should feel a little bit guilty. <laughs> that's some Jewish guilt right there. There's, this is you now. You know how the you game is played. Yeah, you can't escape from that. Never. Um, as a big Rucka fan, I am curious about his age, last name, and height. That sounds like a stalker. Uh, thirty-two still. <laughs> yeah, thirty-two. Ali and five-six. Okay. And we we already said where your address. I mean, where yeah. You know, just make sure code. make sure to include it in the show notes. Yeah, if anyone missed it. Yeah, that you know, and DM me if you want. I'll just give you more. I'll give you his phone number. Cool. <laughs> uh, what made Rucka start making parodies? Um, 
I was actually interning at a radio station. Remember those? See, the kids today don't know what they that don't even know what means. That is. There's they like don't. one radio jock in the country, Ryan Seacrest. That like that's it. He now does the morning show. And he's in, so in interesting. He's fascinating. He's really fat. I mean, like the, his mind just take ghost places. He's been able to stay in the game and just stay interesting day in and day out. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, you're being serious. No. Okay. <laughs> no, but uh, he has been able to stay in the game and stay relevant. Uh, you got to hand it to that him. Yeah. He's made he's made it a point never to be interesting, which takes a certain level of discipline. I mean, it's or it, unless it's just kind of what you see is what you get. I maybe he just doesn't think about yeah. things, and so that's why it's easy True. for him. Hey, you don't have to think to survive. Welcome to uh, <laughs> welcome to the modern world. But I um I I made pa- a parody first to play on the radio. That was like the coolest thing. Like I was like, whoa, I'm gonna be on the radio. When when was that? 2008. That's pretty cool. Hell yeah. And then when when did you start YouTubing? Same time. So I made a parody first just to play on the radio show where I was interning, and then because it was fun, so funny, I was like, all right, I guess I'll put it on YouTube as well. And then it like blew up. By those days standards, it was like a thousand, you know, a few thousand views a day was like, yeah, whoa, yeah. But that, that's pretty cool that you were able to, no, I guess pre- maybe predict the future by by you know you you could have just ignored YouTube. I yeah wasn't really paying attention to YouTube at mm-hmm. two thousand eight. I think I would maybe go there once in a while. But then weren't there other websites like was was there MySpace was the biggest video platform in the world at the time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, man, I never even really used that. I just yeah. kind of something about social media felt really weird to me. Like my it friend had to weird. convince me to get a Facebook. Yeah, a I, I mean, point. Facebook was a step in the wrong direction because MySpace was it like it had the video component and the music component. Like you can be a like it was a place to discover new music. You know, a mm-hmm. music page had like songs you could listen to and fans could could interact. And then you go over to Facebook. What they they tried having like a music list you know music page and it, it yeah. failed no one was to do it facebook would just seem so vanilla by comparison but hey that's where everyone went so i guess i respect that they probably went there respect because of the decision. educational system there you go they See like what? vanilla and ryan seacrest is vanilla and he's still there he's still there people like mediocrity they do but that, that's why when movies come out and it gets 100 percent around tomatoes I'm like this is not gonna be good mm-hmm. There's or, no or it's if it's zero percent on the critics score you know it's probably good <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. uh they I saw that the top critic score for Joker, like you on Rotten Tomatoes, you can do top critic or just all critics. Yeah. Top critic, it was like 40 something percent. And then the audience score is like 90 something percent. Yeah. I, we've seen that a few times recently. I don't know what this means, and it might be something that you say or whatever. Love him or hate him, Rucka just told the fa- cold facts. Yeah. Love me or hate me, I just told the cold facts. What is that? Uh, it's from Alu Akbar. Um, hold on. It's uh, uh, strap up my young kid with a six pack of bombs. Then I, when they come down the street, I say go fast. Oh snap! Then my kid explodes like a note set. Love me or hate me, I just told the cold facts. I like how that he's talking about uh, strapping a bomb on his kid and blowing him up, and then say, hey, love me or hate me, I just told the cold facts. <laughs> well, no, I think it's it's what you just did. It's not so much that you, you told the kept the facts, it's the fact of what you did. Hey, it's just, I just told the cold facts. Yeah. <laughs> See? See? I create memes. That guy over there is memeing. He was memeing. I mm. knew that had to be something. That's why I didn't, like, yeah. black it out, because there's some things like, are you racist? That's never been proven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when When someone uses that as a 
a way to uh, silence, you. silence you, I kind mm. of. I kind of don't entertain it, and I'm like, "Are you retarded?" It's definitely uh, used improperly to silence people, but um, you know, when you look at some of the ideas I've pushed here today, I mean, you could see how individualism is such an important word in my vocabulary. And individualism is incompatible with racism, and in fact, it compared to what I'm pushing, most people are racist by comparison. Most people turn to their lineage or their community as opposed to li in being an individual and look taking on the world independently. So do you, do you think that's kind of primal though because no. we I mean we have been we were always tribal. I mean when we figured out how to hunt. Yeah. I mean even even chimps though are kind of uh so this is I think I'm not I'm not saying you're uh making a an error that it, that makes you <laughs> unique. I think a lot of people make this error, but we need to clearly understand the nature of man and this is why philosophy is is relevant. We are not chimpanzees. A chimpanzee has his means of survival, which is strength and uh, agility swinging around and whatever else he has. The human has no strength compared to most animals. We have no speed. We're basically the most pathetic species, yet we have the biggest nests, the biggest toys, the best food. We, we are eating animals we can go buy animals from the store, animals that could kill us in a second, we're eating them with barbecue sauce. How does that work? Because our means of survival is our conceptual faculty. It's our long-term range planning. It's the fact that we can think abstractly, abstract from the concretes, think independently, make plans, and then communicate with one another in abstract terms, make long-term plans together, trade you know, the invention of money is magnificent. The fact that we can yeah, it's an amazing tool. that we can specialize and I can give you what I've produced today and you can just give me some tender that represents for what you've produced but that I don't need right now. I'll I'll just take the tender and buy it later. Um that's what makes you that's the human way of surviving. So um what's primal about us is our conceptual faculty. That's what makes us stand out. I think the history of mankind is a struggle to understand ourselves and what it is that we require to live. We've, we've unfortunately been tribal for much of our history, and we've lived short, miserable, unhappy lives. So I don't think it's ingrained. I think even if it turns out there's a, there's a, a, a little speck of tribalism somewhere in your DNA, I don't know how the fuck that would work, but let's say it's true for argument's sake. That is not what enables you to survive. That is not how you build a skyscraper. That is not how you discover and invent fire. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's it's the uh, rational faculty. It's observation and conceptualization. Good, very good. Let's. Uh, this person who has a really weird username uh, doesn't know how to write mm -hmm. in English, but I guess they tried. Why do you do those songs? Uh, and how do you write the lyrics? <laughs> um, so I've heard it said that to get people talking, you use the word what. When you ask people why, you'll, you're not going to get the answer you're, look, you're looking for. I, I think You ask them what makes you write those songs. Yeah, I, clearly English isn't their first language. Yeah. They, they probably... So in America, we write songs, okay? There you go. I like that. Uh, this person is, can you give someone, uh, I mean, this is, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. It says, sad water, I am sad because no girlfriend. Skip it. 
Uh, well, no, no. Hey, look. Do you, this, do you have a Do you have a girlfriend? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's unclear. But yeah, uh, you know, I don't like to share so much of my personal concrete situation. But I love talking about the struggles and the challenges of life. So this is a very universal question. This person sent. It in. is. I, I get that a lot. Yeah. It's. I mean, you it's know hard. What it is for mm-hmm. for for guys, especially now because we don't really talk to people face to face anymore. Uh, they're really. I think more than ever afraid mm-hmm. of rejection. Yeah. Like rejection is the scariest thing for a guy, for especially a young guy who, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of have to go through it a lot. And then it's like, it's no big deal. Yeah, it's rejection. It's the implication of being rejected. Kind of like you're no good. You're unattractive. Um, so two, two, two bits of advice I would give the questioner. Get busy working on yourself. Figure out what your passion is and really get good at it. Work at it. So have a passion and pursue it. And, you know, get physically fit. Do, you know... Treat your 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 person like a like a business you're running. Never don't give yourself slack. Just really be the CEO of this business, and also get uh, start practicing. You know, get out there, start meeting people, make friends. You know, make friends, and your friends will know some girls. You know, keep meeting girls, learn how, what to text, what not to text. You know, just be be as cool as you possibly can, and accept that you're not going to know it all right away. So get busy practicing. And next thing you know, these uh, these bitches that didn't want you yesterday, they're sending letters to the Sadwater show asking, why can't I get this guy to, to talk to me? That's true. Yeah, you have to become interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what, you know, that's how you become desirable. Yeah. Also, if you like you said, if you respect yourself by working out, eating healthy and you know doing, doing all that, then, you know. And and having a passion, you know, do, whether it's business or whatever, uh, creative work, you know, yeah. t- treating it like it matters. Also, you're young. Don't put your, all your eggs in one basket. Like mm-hmm. they 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 end up idolizing like this this one girl. This yeah. is the girl. Like they're 16. This one girl is gonna be the girl that's you know I, I'm gonna love. We're gonna love each other forever, forever. No, it's not. Yeah. So just realize that no, it's not. And and you know, like many girls. Yeah, and and, t- and stay off of drugs. Maybe I'm alone on this, but no, y- you're not. Yeah, young people, yeah. you know, let your brain cook. And you know, these the stoners, you know, they never leave the house. They resent women behind yeah. their back. You, you know, get out there. And um, the choices you're making in your young years are going to make all the difference. You can either become more attractive with age, mm-hmm. or you can get be that creepy guy as the older you get. You want to be. The cool guy, or do you want to be the Joker? Hey. Although the movie makes Joker look like he's winning, but I don't think he he really won. Uh, I don't know. I don't think. I'm, I'm being a little bit uh, yeah. poetic right now. Yeah. Of course, he's a it's a nightmare. Um, what's the worst genre for anything? Movies, books, songs, etc. Uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, like French noir. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that it's, shit. A, it's, it's a pretty. Uh, oh, in music, I try that. What's what? What music sucks? Do, do you know what? When I was younger, I was like, ah, oh, I hate country or I hate yeah. jazz and all that. But like the older yeah. I got, mm-hmm. no, like old country, really good country. It's like uh, uh, Johnny Cash, uh, Hank Williams, and, mm-hmm. and you know, you know what's the worst? Uh, like indie singer songwriter. They're shit. very whiny. Yeah, and it's boring. And it's, do you know why yeah. I respect hip hop more than I did when I was younger? Because you're not racist. No. <laughs> yes. I'm not a racist. <laughs> no, because they, they haven't censored themselves. Uh, I don't know. Have you heard Eminem's latest album? No. Should I? Is he? Well, that? yes, you should. It's an it's a phenomenal album, Kamikaze. But he is censoring he, himself. He or? he he used the word faggot when dissing um, Tyler the Creator, and he censored the word faggot. This is Eminem. Are you sure it wasn't like the clean version? 
No, it was the version. He, he the ver- spoke about he, it in an interview. Eminem. That's he, a cop out. It that's, was a cop out, that's and a huge he, cop out. in an interview with Sway, Eminem was saying like, you know, I use that word just to refer to him, and like he said, the, the the lyric goes, "Now I know why you call yourself a faggot because you worship D12's balls. You're sacrilegious." That's what he said. But the the faggot goes, oh, he like reversed it, so you can't. So then, what's the point of even saying it? It just the it flowed a certain way, so he kept it in. But the way he's talking to Sway, he's like, "But you know, by using that word, I ended up hurting people that you know had nothing to do with Tyler." So it begins like now is when this was M- this is the Eminem this is the guy who died was willing to die on this hill this was the guy who had protesters outside his concerts for using that word this was the guy who paved the way for people like us why like okay why is he we're almost we're almost done no no I, I'm not uh, I was just why why is he uh why. I guess the thing is, is like when you when you're already like mm-hmm. that big, you yeah. have all the no one can touch you. So I get it. Like if you're just starting out, okay, I got to play mm-hmm. by the rules, whatever. And then, but he's already big. Like because, you don't need to do that because people are not um, people are not driven by their practical situation. It's not like if you can get away with it, you'll do it. But if you can't, then you'll play by the rules. It, it re- people really are driven by what they believe to be moral ethics. And when the culture around you is saying. You know, stop making gay people feel bad. It, it gets to you. And you, at a certain point, Eminem probably realized, I'm using this language that was kind of popular in the 90s and stuff, and it's not really like, it doesn't really vibe with the culture today. You know, today's rappers, these mumble rappers and and uh, whatever's popular right now, like, they're not really calling each other names. They're more just like mumbling about shit that's you know? that's kind of why the dave Chappelle stand-up thing is interesting to me mm-hmm. is because so many people were outraged or fake people were outraged i mean most people liked it but it i've i've seen specials in the 90s or 80s that were way more uh yeah dave Chappelle in the in the 2000s was much more abrasive yeah, like this was this was kind of tired a little i mean look i i enjoyed it like Mm -hmm. it wasn't the greatest people were saying it's the greatest thing ever i Mm -hmm. think that's because uh compared to what right now yeah so there's a hunger for it i mean there's no more comedies i go to movies all the time there are no more comedies right there's uh, no comedy which is a shame right um yeah i was thinking like they haven't seen a good comedy in so long no, and then, but then they, like, in Marvel movies, they'll put, like, jokes or whatever, and it's all whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not even... Yeah. Uh, so I think that there's such a hunger for it that they think that what he's saying is so... Uh, uh, it's like a godsend. Yeah. But, but uh, in reality, it's like... It's also because he's standing up to the machine. Like, yeah, compared to Nanette or whatever, Hannah Gadsby, Gadsby where she just talks... It's a one-man show mm-hmm. where she talks about being raped, and that's a comedy special on Netflix. Sounds hilarious. But, right. um, <laughs> but I mean, he... Uh, she. By the way, she, I, don't, I don't even know who you're talking about, but she. I'm sure she was criticized heavily for... For using the word rape and no, for no, no, making no, a joke no, out of it, no, because it wasn't the the whole thing. Like I said, it, it was wasn't like a, even a comedy. No, but they oh. they they presented it as a comedy comedy special, They're, but it was just it was, talking. It, yeah, on Netflix. Okay. It was on Netflix. All right, so, so that's why it was. I, I stand that by my statement that some would find issue with it and just pick it apart. And you know, today's woke person is tomorrow's out of touch. Uh, you know, alt right Nazi. The way that things move, but um, um. Yeah, Dave Chappelle, like, it's because he's standing up to the machine. It's because he's just getting up there and just talking about trans and not giving a shit. That's why people are excited by him. 
the comedy's you know it's definitely a good special but yeah it's because of the context of today yeah yeah but but also i feel like for instance he could have taken the m&m route mm-hmm. but i mean he has all the money in the world he you yeah. know but he didn't mm-hmm. so that's to me that's that's more interesting than the actual special yeah um will you ever debate ben shapiro you've been talking about that right yeah i'll talk um, what do you think i'm you think it's me that's afraid no, but but you should hit up Dave Rubin and be like, "Yo, set this up." You think Ben? Sh- you think Dave Rubin is interested <laughs> in facilitating that? No, I would. Did you see me on? Shap- yeah. Okay, yeah, I saw. So I watched that, and mm-hmm. I, look, I I've met him a couple times because mm-hmm. uh, I'm fr- I'm friends with Lauren Southern, and I used to be friends with Milo Yiannopoulos and whatever, and they were all on his show. So I've I've met him a few times, but he is a. Uh, He's not a curious person, and he's just super. Vin- I, like, I, you're right that maybe he wouldn't want to create such controversy or what. But like, that's that's what makes interesting. Um, TV. I so when I went on his show, I I had the image of like Milo in the thumbnail pointing at him. You know, like Milo had pointed at him and said, "You did this. You liberals gave us this mess." And 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 Ruben like going like holding his hands out like, "Whoa, what did I do?" Kind of like that was the thumbnail, and I thought that's what his show is about. Like people coming on and saying you're missing the point this is you gotta you know you're you're making you're not solving the problem but it turns out milo telling him that it was like the part of the narrative that he's interested in this whole the left why i left the left you know the left went crazy and now him and me and shapiro should all hang out and be cool because we're not on the left so that's kind of his shtick and you know it is what it is. Um, I'm more disappointed in everyone else for not singing my tune, for not kind of advancing the discussion. Now, what makes you want to be friends with someone like Lauren Southern? I mean, like, she's like, she just like, she, I don't know how bad it, like, what she says, but like, she seems to have no, um, no, um, like, no issue with like Holocaust deniers and like actual Nazis. Am I? No, no, am no. I? I, I don't think that's true. You don't she, think it's true? No, 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 no. Like we're not just internet. We she mm-hmm. when she comes out here, she stays over here. And yeah, we go to dinner and all that. I, I've met her as well. But, I don't. Yeah. That never came up. And she knows I'm a Jew, and she knows. No, I don't. I don't think she's like. I don't think she hates the Jews. I just no. But yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't remember. We talked a lot about all kinds of political things and that kind of stuff never really came up. I think that's like a, that just might be false in general. And it just like that rumors get started and it's not, you know, based on anything real. I'm trying I, to like remember. Okay. I mean, all right. So like, all right, you, are you into Stefan Molyneux? Do you like him? I think he like, I like certain things. I, I think that he gets a little too fixated on things he shouldn't. But, um, yeah, so, but like, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I bear, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing a great job, like, bringing, like, uh, bringing up this issue. I'm just kind of like speaking in vague generalities. That's but fine. Yeah. I, I think so. Remember so I think that, that, okay. And this kind of comes about from the topic of Ruben and the whole anti left monolith. I think this, uh, anti left, um, group of people are, do a pretty shit job of, like, being for something, of for, being for individualism, of recognizing that individualism is the alternative to the left, you know? And when this whole SJW thing became like an internet craze around 2015, you saw people like Lauren Southern saying, saying, yeah, enough of identity politics. Let's just be Americans, land of the free. And, and then you saw her saying, oh, okay, maybe we, a little identity politics is good. We are, you know, Western. We are 
Um, you know, we have our traditions and immigrants don't really have that tradition. And the tradition she's talking about is not individualism. The tradition she's talking about is, um, you know, shared customs, religion. She talks about the Renaissance. Uh, I spoke to her about the Renaissance. She said they were divinely inspired, like like the Renaissance paintings were brought about by religion. I see the Renaissance as a turn away from religious uh, mysticism. I know I'm I'm opening a lot, like a big can of worms here that maybe you, you, maybe it's a big topic to uh, bring up this this far into the show. But I think the uh, the opposition to um, the opposition to the SJWs, the opposition to the the uh, postmodern feminists, the opposition is what concerns me. What made me want to start talking about objectivism? Because I realize just uh, how uh, how hollow this this mon- this group of people are. Just how little they have to offer. How ultimately they're just taking us to another uh, type of tribalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, kind of like with the educational thing, a lot, if you talk to a right-wing politician, they're like, yeah, we need to fix it. It's like, no, we got to burn it. Abolish it. Abolish it. It, Mm. There's no reason government should be involved. I think that it's, you know, if you fix it and it's for 10 years, it's good. It's on the right track. It's going to devolve again. It's going to go into, it's like, it's, it's, it's a vicious circle. Yeah. And the only way to fix it is by just abolishing and ending it and, realizing that government has no business in being in the educational system other than creating unimpressive people Mm -hmm. and uh because it's just easier to go about with their own business with with you know like what you were saying with lobbyists and all that but yeah i mean that that whole renaissance thing uh is something we could talk about on another time. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a big topic. It, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I, I, I want to. <laughs> but read it's up on it, that. it's worth pointing out when you turn away from the left, and you don't, you're not championing in real individualism. You're not embracing reason. You become just another variant of the post enlightenment, uh, bat, you know, batch of uh, batch of options menu. What do you have to pick from? It's always, it's always feelings or the group, and usually it's going to become the group. Because, you know, the left are acting emotional. The left are the feelings people freaking out all the time. And we're turning to the group. So, you know, we accuse the left of being tribalists and identitarians. But really, you're seeing that as a response to them. You're seeing identitarianism, Western yeah, chauvinism. I mean, like, yeah. Look look at Turning Point USA. Yeah. It, that's all it is, is identity. I mean, forget just like Western culture, you know, mm-hmm. how they talk about that. They... They have they hire a gay black guy because they yeah. need that. They hire a, this. This mm-hmm. is the Mexican blah 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 who's also yeah. thinks like I do. Okay, so you're slightly different politically, but you're still playing. the point they're trying to make is see we've got Candace Owens, we're not we've got ra- a black gays. We're not well, not only that, but they're saying that the left has tried to hijack these people. So we're showing you that we can that, that we can also hijack these people. <laughs> basically, pretty much, what are they offering? They're offering religion and they're offering uh, some type of government run industry. They're not offering individualism. So it's all taking us the same place, nowhere positive. Very. Very depressing. Yeah. All right. Before I end it, again, where do you want people to find you and follow you and all uh, that? I'm not sure I do, but look up you do. Rucka Rucka Ali. Just Google it, and then all the social yeah. and, and YouTube and everything will yeah. pop up. Unless Ben Shapiro and his uh, platform publisher thing is true, it should show up. But hey, it's hard it to will. It will show up. I Google do. But yeah. but also, we need to make that debate happen. I will try to. Yeah. You can get up. in touch with him, right? 
I don't know. No. But I, I, I used to know his producer or something, oh. Jeremy Bo- Jeremy Boring. I've hung, I've hung out with some of his employees. Yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah through we our need mutual to, we, friend. Yeah. We need to make that happen. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else? I'm gonna end it. Uh, uh, free. Who's in jail right now? Six nine. Free, uh, free him free and, X and maybe Tentation. Ross Ulbrich. Ross yeah, just Ulbrich. free everybody. Free, free all you know, them just let them out. Yeah, what's, unless what's, uh, unless like, they, they learned raped and, and killed. Like, just let them. Sure. All right. That that was Sadcast episode sixty five with my special guest Rucka Rucka Ali. Here's a song. I love you. Bye. Wild man came from a ship in deep space. That the DNA test turns out They a hundred percent White bitch, evil venom, lying racist Fuck a man, they white problems Always shooting at me Ring, ring, call the cops and they stop popping at me Is it because you're dead rich? You got dizzles Your avocado sandwich With some Skittles You always hold me down But you tell me relax But hold me how? Riddle me that Adam J White man came from a science mistake One scape Took her day to the park Hey, my Cadillac's a Pontiac My Cognac's aquatic I ain't never, ever, ever, ever Seen your wiggers in the project. All my dreams is simple A Gucci pair of jeans Round my ankle So honky, why you scared? When I'm by, they see them It's okay, better give them cash and be them White devils came from outer east space Star Trek steal melanin from my race For a minute, Ronald tell you crack hair on in it. Why people get you high? We all super side. We get diabetes and die. I heard that two pack is on in Biggie was too black, so he did it. We know crackers lie. We know packs a lie. We know Alec Jones was right. Send them